0: Today on Parent Time, we talk produce as we chat to Luke Eskom, aka Asparagus, the mastermind behind the vegetable plot on Benny asking people questions. <music> Very few people have navigated a message for children more succinctly and profoundly as my next guest. Together with his band The Vegetable Plot, he's given children a whole new way of seeing vegetables and their individuality while providing it with a musical score that both defies children's music sensibilities while dictating totally new ones. I am, of course, talking about Luke Escom a.k.a. Asparagus, of The Vegetable Plot. And uh, hi, Luke. Thanks for
1: joining me. Hello. My pleasure.
0: Um... First of all, I've had to listen to this album quite a lot in the last couple of weeks. Had to. <laughs> um, I've got to t- I've, I've, I don't know how to start this. Um, it's pretty amazing. It is generally a pretty amazing thing for children. Listening back to it for the first time for you, is there anything about it that you go, maybe that's not what I want or maybe that's too much? Like, is it? the finished product you envisaged when you began.
2: I, I
1: can say I, I, I've made a few albums, like adult music albums, before this one and there's always that, you know, listen back, and you're like, eh, I don't like that choice I made or whatever. The Vegetable Plot is the first album where I just think that's perfect. That's, yeah. That's exactly and, – and if you listen to the original demos, like for me I can very clearly see the relationship between the original tiny little home demos I made and the finished product. But for anyone else, it would just – there would be different worlds. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the original demo you make, it's like 5% of the actual track that you can hear in the demo and the 95% is what you have in your head of like, oh, yeah, but we're going to expand this and it's going to have this and everything and we're going to add this and we'll have these layers. And all. And between me and, and Michael, the producer, we, we got it. I mean, it was, it was better than what I heard in my head. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm genuinely delighted and I, I don't really um, – uh, I don't mean that in a kind of, hey, look what I did way. I just sort of felt the whole vegetable plot project kind of came. Uh, it, it, it came to me and I was there and I was writing it down and I, yep. was, I was documenting it. And I just knew exactly what I wanted the whole time. I've never had that with anything. I never had to force it. I just felt like somehow, you know, the the light shone on me for that. I was in the right place in my life. Great. Everything at the right time. The songs just came in my head exactly as you hear them on the album. I didn't rewrite any parts of any of the songs. A few of the songs I sort of stuck together bits, but basically everything. I you know a lot of the demos. I didn't even need to record anything. You know, put anything down on tape because I just the song was so clearly in my head. Um, so yeah, the whole thing is it's my favorite thing I've ever done. In the middle of the night,
2: with the shuffling sound, in the pale moonlight, we come out of the ground, we're part of a family, part of a tribe, we come in all shapes and sizes and colors and types, we are the vegetable plot, the vegetable plot.
0: Did it start from this idea of wanting to redefine or re-represent vegetables to children or did it come from your Blues and Roots background? Like, which was it? Which was the one that you felt you needed to fill the gap in? Um,
1: I'm, I'm glad, you know, you said that we can go deep into this because, you know, the, the real st- you know, when you when you give these sort of 30-second press bites or sure. you have to you put something in a press that everyone instantly gets... You end up creating this story of a project that is the story that everyone gets. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I'd just become a dad. I was a health advocate. I wanted to make an album that encouraged kids to eat vegetables. That's the story. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's that's such a small part of the truth. Um, someone at the door. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was, I, I, I had no, no inkling of wanting to make a, an album for children I was not, uh, you know, I, I've never had a great relationship with vegetables and didn't ever think that I would become any sort of spokesperson for vegetables. So the, the various currents that led up to it, these, these are the ones that I can identify. The first one is, yes, I'd become a dad. And I was not attracted by the idea of carrying on trying to climb the, the ladder of being a blues and roots musician in Australia, which I still felt like I was barely off the, the first rung. Mm. So I thought, well, if I'm seriously going to put my energies into this, it means, you know, being out on the road, what, 50 to 100 shows a year playing in sort of quite rough pubs to often quite rough people till you know Mm. one two in the morning not eating well you know it wouldn't have been good for my health it wouldn't have been good for my family so there was definitely an idea of, of wanting to keep playing music but doing it in a different way I mean I think probably one of the strongest urges behind the vegetable plot was I've got my health at the moment and this is a whole thing to go into about my health but I was I was temporarily, at that point, I was the healthiest I'd been as an adult. Mm. Um, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease when I was 14. And since my early 20s, it really defined my life for about 10 years. I, I was housebound for long periods. Terrible relationship with food. Everything Food was just sort of pain and suffering for me. If I could eat something and it didn't cause me pain and suffering, I was like, well, that's, that's a bonus. But the idea of being excited about food... Um, that, that wasn't part of my you know, vocabulary. And then when my son Harry was about to be born, I, I had a big semi-risky operation that my surgeon was recommending. I had quite a large amount of my intestine removed mm. and everything was just different after that. Mm. My relationship with food was transformed and I just felt this surge of Energy and health it took maybe six or eight weeks to recover from the surgery yep. where I was wondering what have I done? I've you know destroyed my life This is a terrible decision and then I just started to feel great and that's when I got really excited about fresh food mm. when you have uh, Crohn's disease you know, or colitis um, Dietitians often tell you to sort of avoid fresh food things that are high in fiber because they're harder to digest sure. and Therefore you're going to exacerbate symptoms. You're going to give yourself more trouble so um but i didn't have that problem anymore and so i just got so excited about going and going to the market and buying fresh vegetables and buying lots of different colors and just just using food as like paint to make these canvases and just pouring all of my creativity into into cooking particularly with vegetables so so that was that was definitely part
2: of the the groundwork for me
1: The Vegetable Plot was a way for me not to lose that, not to fall back into old patterns. I thought it would be so easy for me to just carry on kind of my same kind of creative life, maybe doing another comedy show or carrying on with the band. At the time when I wrote The Vegetable Plot, um, we just had an election, a a rancorous, toxic election. Uh, It was... It was the sort of the Kevin Rudd Mark II who'd completely abandoned all the principles he was elected on the first time but was just trying to win the election, uh, and Tony Abbott. And, and I, was, I, I was very angry and disillusioned at the time, and I thought, oh, definitely, I'm going to write an angry rock and roll record. And then as the months went by and I didn't, I just started to think, well, what, what is the point of that? I'm just being contributing to this, this level of anger and, and this toxic culture in the country where we're, we're not connecting on anything and really what is what is it going to achieve you know some people will agree with me I'll make some other people angry you know I, I need I need to do better than that I mean um you know my son was two and he's had um he, he had four prime ministers by the time he was two <laughs>
2: yeah
1: um and so I thought well what can we all agree on and obviously I just become a dad and you you understand so many things instantly and on a deep level as soon as you hold your first child for the first time you just you kind of get it oh i get why you guys are afraid and you want to bring the speed limit down i get why you don't want young. you know i just i understood so much instantly i i just thought yeah you know i i i'm responsible now for the way the country is as much as any of us are we're all responsible we all contribute to it but i i felt that responsibility having become a dad and i I actually thought it was a privilege to feel that responsibility. And so I wanted to do something that was positive. And I thought we all, I think, as far as I can tell, we all want our children to be healthy. I, th- I think that, <laughs> as far assumption. as I can tell, yeah. the thing is, even that is now a sort of political statement. It's, oh, yeah. you bloody greenies. <laughs> well, no, you know, I mean, I just don't we want our children not to eat poison? And don't we want the air to be like breathable? And don't we want them to have trees yeah. and, and rivers that are sort of still a bit blue and have things swimming in them, you know, like fish, not mutants? Yes. So I, I thought that that would be a a very universal position to take. But that's not what's sort of happened. I think naturally you get sort of positioned as ours as some, you know, sure. some lefty thing to sure. get kids to vote green, which it isn't. <laughs> but, but that's sort of why I lo- always love the idea of the vegetable plot. Yeah. I grew up in England so we call a veggie patch a vegetable plot anyway. Everyone just says, "Oh, you got that band, the cabbage patch or the veggie patch whatever. It's the vegetable plot." And it's the plot for a reason because people do think you're you're there must be some kind of conspiracy if you're you're talking about kids eating vegetables yeah, okay. and, "Oh, you're talking about gra- oh okay, you're one of these organic yeah. people," which I'm not at all. I just think basically on a very basic, basic level, food. we want our kids to know about vegetables. Mm. We want them to be excited about eating them. We want parents to feel you know, empowered to set a good food culture in the home. And that was a big thing for me. I wanted to keep myself on that journey, you know, of of being excited about food. So I thought, I I know myself, I always get obsessed by whatever my latest project is to the detriment of my health often. So I need to make my new project my health. Because the, the work you do, it attracts um, it attracts people to you. you. You you build a community through the work you do. So if I'm... I, I don't really know anything about growing food. I, I know a little bit more now than I did, but certainly at the time, uh, even though all my ancestors going back were, were farmers, uh, you know, we, we, I'd lost that connection to the to the land. Um, but I thought, if I do this project, if I put this energy out there, I will start to surround myself with people that grow food and know about cooking and, and want kids to eat healthy. And I'll just... I'll, I'll create a healthy environment not just for me obviously but for, for Camilla and, and for Harry for my family
2: My name is Cauliflower I've got some friends who love me But sometimes I still get lonely
0: And then they call me Melanie I feel so happy.
1: So that, you know, that's probably the closest thing to my heart that was driving the project. Mm. It was almost like a, a, a sophisticated, enlightened sort of survival
0: mechanism yeah and it's quite interesting that you're saying it was never about teaching kids necessarily it was also just about going I don't really know so let's all just go ahead and see what comes well, that, out at the end the, of this the
1: songs kind of wrote themselves as mm. I said you know I mean I, I, I love playing with language and I, I love the idea of showing kids that you that language is something to be played with um, but once I started there were just so many puns I mean it just <laughs> it never stopped Um and, and so the characters came and I instantly sort of each time a character name popped in my head like Artie Choke I, could, I, I knew who I wanted to play those characters One of the big things on the first album is uh, All Our Exes Live in Texas who are the, the four female voices
2: And music makes us jolly
1: I was lucky enough to be the MC at their first ever gig, so I'd introduce them to the stage, and, and and everyone in the venue. Their first gig, it was just like, oh, this is this is amazing. This is this is huge. I think it started as a side project, and they were playing unfamiliar instruments, but it's magic when they sing together. It's magic, but it's it's much more than that because they the way they support each other. The way they're, they're so funny. They're intelligent. They you know they're politically active. Um, they're just they're just really inspiring people, and I I just thought you know I I'm going to write with their voices in mind mm. and send it to them and see what happens, and I did, and it took two weeks to get a reply, which is not unusual nowadays. It'd probably be a lot longer, um, and and they said we like it, you know, we're, we're into it.
0: How do you working with people like that, like in the studio yourself personally? Um, did you pretty much get out of their way and go, you do this better than I do, here's what I have, here's where I need to be?
1: Well, certainly with harmonies. Mm. I mean, the way... They, they know a lot about harmony anyway. Like, they're, they're very musically literate. But the way they harmonise with each other is incredible. Mm. Um, you know, it's not just that they know kind of, okay, this note will harmonise with this note. It's it's I will harmonise with Katie on this and, you know... Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you get out of the way, but at the same time, uh, I mean the, the session where we were the first session with them, where we recorded, uh, their backing voices on the vegetable plot, main theme, and where we did out of the ground, which is where each of them sing a verse. That was one of the most fun sessions I've ever had. I mean, they are incredibly funny and rude actually. (laughs) Um, and And so, you know, figuring out a way that we could get all that amazing energy they have, but still kind of make sure we get got what we wanted down on, on tape. Um, so it was, it was a little tricky at first with the vegetable plot, the main theme. We, we seemed to spend about an hour just kind of getting this one part. And I thought, oh, I don't know if this, like, do we need to... Oh, you know, is this working? Like, uh, do, I, do I need to be more assertive? You know, like they... They know what they're doing. I don't want to push anything. But then as we sort of relaxed into the session, when we recorded out of the ground, there are all four of them around the mic and they're talking and making jokes the whole take. Mm. And we managed to keep some of them. Yeah. But there were four or five takes where they're all just improvising the whole time and singing each take completely different. Um, and we just, you know, it's so easy nowadays with Pro Tools. you just, okay, let's take that and that Find and that. Of work. But you get this you get this incredible vibe and that's why I wanted a kid's album with vibe you know Mm. I wanted to feel that there are people in the studio and there's live musicians and there's you get the feeling of people having a really good time doing what they're doing
0: There's only actually one song, I think, on the whole album that you actually overtly suggest a child eats a vegetable. And I think it's Funky Vegetables, and you say, everyone needs something funky every day. Or, yeah, yeah. And it's the, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's the only line through the whole thing where you actually say to the listener, you should eat vegetables, um, which is one of the things that really uh, sets this album aside and, and sets the whole. Um, Project outside of the other sort of normal things that people are going to get children to eat a bit better. And this idea that you gave each vegetable a personality um, is really quite, it was a bit of a stroke of genius. Was this something that you kind of just, and, and I'm thinking about all oh, my exes live in Texas, the way they deliver and all that banter in between. It, it's, you've, you know, I just think that the idea that there's not someone singing to me. I'm kind of sitting in on something, you know?
1: I like that, that. When I when we were recording that track, Out of the Ground, like my reference for that was Big Mama Thornton. Hmm. And I said, I want you to think of this as basically one of these sort of quite dirty old blues songs from maybe the 1940s where there's four women that are singing about their men. That's the vibe on yep. Out of the Ground, you know. I like them fresh. I, I like them, their faces all covered in dirt, you know, and, People saying, I like I'm dirty and all of that. Um, but no, I mean, to be honest, th- the thing that drove that, I think, uh, was that I wanted an album where it wasn't just me singing. I was, I was bored of listening to my own albums where sure. it's just me singing the whole time. Because obviously I have a very, very low voice. And so, you know, that's, that's cool if you like that. But, you know, over 13 tracks, I, I just, I wanted to not have to write for my own voice. Mm. And not have to write for me for, for, or for Luke Esken for this persona. Mm. I felt that had become very limiting. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if there was a way I could collaborate with all of my friends, all these people I want to work with. We could have female voices. We could have, like, black voices. We could have pop voices. We could have, you know, funk. And we can have blue, Like, it, all the music I love on one album. And that's the great thing about kids mm. as a genre is that every other type, genre of music, well, you know, blues, it's kind of got to be blues. You know, if it's rock, it's got to be rock. And the yeah. genres are becoming more and more sort of defined and and limited, I think, in this age where everyone categorises music by genre. But kids is like all all the genre of kids sort of requires of you is that kids will like it. Yeah. And it's fun. And it's, you know, not got swearing in it. And so you can do absolutely anything within that so i i, I found that enormously freeing and i think it just it, it freed up my songwriting so much to the extent where all these songs came out without me thinking about it
2: it's time to get fresh throw your root down twist and with the funkiest filthiest man in town avocado avocado eat one in the morning or the avo you can eat him on toast or even just plain. He is good for your body and he's good for your brain.
0: The, the character thing was is amazing. I, I truly mean it. It's a stroke of genius, but it ever occurred to you uh, that it may humanize them too much, and then kids might feel sad about eating yeah. vegetables?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I have. I, I did think that. People have sort of presented me with that idea. My My theory on this, um, and maybe it'll be part of the second album, it has been part of some of the educational books that I've made, is that vegetables love to be eaten. That's their plan. I mean, they want to be eaten, particularly by people, because people are the ones that plant them and look after them. So if vegetables can delight people as food, then they'll keep living forever. Whereas if no one's eating them, then they're not going to thrive. So, you know, I want kids to eat as many types of vegetables as possible. And so this is just about, um, I don't know if you ever saw that that bit of footage of of Jamie Oliver, and I think he's with some English school kids, and he's just holding up different vegetables, and they have no idea what they are. And you go to Italy, you'll never have that, you know. The the food culture there is different. And so this is about changing culture. And I guess there's one of the things I believe strongly in is that, culture is where change happens and that's where art can affect change. It will change culture and as culture changes that will eventually uh, move upwards and change the political climate. Like you know marriage equality didn't happen because some politicians decided well we think we should change the law. It happens because of a change in culture and culture is where ideas and attitudes and people's experiences all kind of blend and so this is what the album is: is is here's some awareness of vegetables, here's some language, here's some experiences related to the idea of vegetables. You're having fun, you know, you, you're being sort of delighted by the possibilities of language, and hopefully that will that will enter the household as culture.
0: Pretty early on in this album, both musically and lyrically, um, there's a lot of very overtly adult stuff in it. Like there's a lot of um, one-liners and stuff, which a lot of them actually come from the the All My Exes Live in Texas Mm. as well. Um, And also the music as well. I often get a bit of a sense um, that it's almost like the same music you would write anyway. You've just made the lyrics for for children. Um, Is this... Musically, is there's, there's this thing that's kind of just starting to permeate in Australia, which is that kind of sense of a, of a family album. It's quite big in the States. not hugely here. We either have sort of teen music or we have children's music. But there's this new thing where this family music's coming through. It can be enjoyed by 20-, 30-year-olds. can be enjoyed by hmm. four-, five-year-olds. Is that kind of when you started this out where you saw this sitting or did you primarily go, this is three to six, this is what my aim is, this is who I'm trying to get? And all those double entendres and things like that just couldn't Couldn't keep them at bay.
1: I I didn't. I honestly didn't think about any of those things making the record. I just thought, oh, maybe kids will like this. Uh, What what made it a kids album? What made it different from anything I'd done before was the spirit in which the songs were written, which was this spirit of just complete freedom. Like, pick up the guitar, make up some rhymes about an avocado. That's a song. All right, on to the next one. You know, don't overthink it. Don't analyze it. Don't try to be clever with the chords. You know, just. Whatever is whatever comes out, that's that's that song. And I thought what would happen is I'd collect all of these sort of ideas I'd had, and then at a later stage I'd refine them all. And when I finally got to the stage of listening back to the demos, I just thought, oh, it's all there. Yeah. Like the songs have written themselves. So there was never, you know, I didn't censor myself. Uh, there, there's there's a, there's a couple of lines on. Rocket Lettuce, which uh, which we ended up leaving off.
0: So hang on, uh-huh. you, you left in, uh, what is it, Rock rock Out With Your Brock Out. Yeah. <laughs> but you censored other lines.
1: Yeah. I've seen <laughs> Rock Out With Your Brock Out as a headline. Yeah,
0: now. it's great. But can you can you potentially give us one of the, um, the lines? Oh. Of your, if, if that <laughs> made it in, what would there it have? There some left? really
1: <laughs> classic outtakes of Rocket <laughs> Lettuce. Um, there's one, um, uh, towards the end of Rocket Lettuce, I see. I'm trying to remember. I think what we left in was 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 pretty bad, um, but it was you know she's saying I don't mind a bit of meat. Hey, it's getting cold. Pasta sheet. I think that's still in there. So I'm trying, but there was something worse. There was something worse. Yeah, like, okay. yeah, yeah, actually, the original line, which which Alana took exception to, and I'm very glad she did. Uh, sort of in the second verse or something, is uh, uh, she sizzles like a finger in a socket. And then the original line was, "Now flip me round and let us rock it." And I was like, "What? I'm not singing that." And she was yeah. she was quite right.
2: No one tells me how to be paid.
1: But the, the amazing thing about innuendo is that the kids don't understand it yeah. they don't know why it's rude and if they knew why it was rude then it would be okay because they'd be intelligent enough to understand that yes it's rude. very true so if adults feel a bit awkward about it well that's fine but the thing is you go back and watch i mean all of the stuff i love for kids like you know you re-roll dull like you you couldn't write books yeah, like yeah. that now i mean it's it's crazy the stuff yeah. that's in there um, and and also, I thought, well, I've got some really rude songs in my own Luke Askin catalog, and 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 my sister was saying, don't you want to delete those off YouTube? What if people find that? And I thought, but who are my favourite kids entertainers? Mm. You know, I'm thinking of people like Billy Connolly and Jim Carrey. Mm. Like, look at the people who are in yeah. films, Robin Williams. Yeah, you know, their stand up, their comedy is filthy. It's completely out there. But what makes them great kids entertainers is that that freedom that abandon, you know, that that presence, that lack of putting censorship on themselves. Did, did, a, did, did the
0: Sparrow, the sparrow Gus and the whole idea, did you did you kind of, with that in mind, did you kind of not intentionally separate Luke Escom from it, but was there a part of you that was potentially going, look, I do have this other side that has this other stuff. I don't mm. want to get the the two worlds. To, not, not mixed in terms of I want them to be mutually exclusive, but just to define... This is the hat I have on when I'm doing this. This is the hat I have on when I'm doing this.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's. I'm still kind of navigating those waters in terms of when i'm luke eskim with the vegetable plot like when i'm talking to press i'm luke eskim when i'm in school with the kids i'm luke eskim you know asparagus is really the guy that sings the songs and i just really wanted to do that particular voice from the little mermaid you know i just love singing (laughs) i love sebastian the calypso crab and that is basically asparagus's voice i mean it's it's changed a bit because i didn't want it to just be me doing a bad jamaican accent yeah yeah but you can obviously hear a bit of that. But I figure, you know, that's a perfectly valid way for an asparagus to talk. Yeah, totally. And I, and I can if... sing, I can hit notes and do things in that voice that I can't do in my Luke Eskom voice. Okay. Um, it's just that sense of confidence yeah. that, that asparagus has. But before I was Luke Eskim, I was Filth Filthy and Aquaman. Yeah, I was sure. always characters in yeah. bands. And I found that kind of limiting. And I thought, well, I sort of, I want to be a solo artist. And then I had to... I had to invent Luke Eskim. Um, I had yeah, to figure right. out, like, what, how do I talk on stage when I'm not a character? What am, I, what am I doing? And that's sort of, I guess, where the me as a comedian and me talking about my health journey came in is because I needed material. Yeah, sure. And the, the easiest way to get material is to just mine your own life because mm. that way at least it's true and yeah. you can stand behind that even if it's not funny. But usually the stuff that's the most true is also the most funny. Because uh, you're not just relying on, like, something being funny, but without the weight of truth. Yeah, you do need a like.
0: punchline.
2: Boys and girls, yes. mums and dads, can you keep a secret? Yeah. Oh, no, if oh, you me. can't keep a secret, we're going to tell you anyway. Mom, and it's not really a secret. Oh. You should tell everybody you know today oh. that you don't need to buy us in a shop. You don't need to buy us in the supermarket. All you need to do is take a look. to the album, you have five or six, seven potential
0: vocalists. Um, nine. nine. Nine vocalists. Yes. Was there any issue with that when you all of a sudden turned around to do it live? Because I know when you first did it live, you went with the full band and you had mm. that whole thing and now you're just mm-hmm. touring with the three of you. Yeah. Do you find yourself kind of going, oh, well, I guess there's three of you so you can kind of cover all... Yeah, Ranges. there are certain
1: songs that we haven't done but still mm-hmm. might do. Let's Make a Salad is... I, I find it hard to listen to anyone else singing that song. It just... Lionel just yes, did sure. such a great job on it. and but Plus, it's sort of a slow ballad and, and not really... It's a difficult one live anyway. Mm-hmm. And the live, I, the live show is a completely different thing to the album for me. And I, I've realised, like, as we've had to adjust to being a three-piece. I mean, it was never my intention. It just sort of, we ended up as a three-piece for a couple of gigs because various people weren't available. And then that was the easiest way to actually tour and do festivals. And then I realized, well, you know, the music's only a small part of the show. I mean, as you know, right, the rest is engaging with the kids. So that's when I, I had to write the quizzes and more jokes and get the dancers in. So on the latest tour... You know, it's, it's really become a show. There's four quizzes, there's uh, there's loads of different dances, we get the conga line going, we involve the kids in some way in, it, in every song. And so that's the show. But on the album, no restrictions.
2: There comes a time in every show When everything drops way down the door so you can sing a ballad. This one's a song about love between all things green. When I sing the next line, you'll know what I mean. Let's make a salad. Let's make a salad. Oh, now. And it took a
1: while. I I struggled with it because we we did the first show, which was at the Sydney Fringe, which at that point was the only show. Uh, I mean, I'd I'd conceived the whole project as something to do for the Sydney Fringe that year. And they were interested in, in putting it on and everyone was available to do it. And you can usually get people to do something for very little money once or twice, you know. After that, then you have to completely rethink the whole thing if you want to keep it going. And I didn't know if I wanted to keep it going at that point. I just thought, you know, I just wanted to see the project through. And then, you know, we did some shows at the Sydney Festival, I think as a five or six piece with some of the All Our Exes girls. And then they became incredibly busy. And so, I mean, I thought at least, you know, because their show is so great with the four of them. I thought me and the four of them, you know, I I work as a solo artist. They work as the four of them that 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 should be good. Um, But then I realized, well, that that wasn't going to work. They're not going to be available for that. You know, their career has absolutely skyrocketed since then. And they're, you know, fantastic at playing at Blues Fest, winning awards. It's amazing. And they are amazing. Um, And so then, yeah, I really had to think, well, can I countenance? doing the live show without Mm. them Mm. and uh, you know how we were doing it as a seven piece and I thought I guess it can work as a seven and then we were a five because the drum wasn't available (laughs) and you just look at the reaction like this reaction is actually even better when there's just five of us rather than seven and then you know we we became a four for a while with Blobergine on on sax for maybe a year now he's you know touring with Lala quite often Um, and you know that worked great and then once we went down to a three, we didn't seem to lose any of the engagement. So I, I thought it's, you know, the songs, I guess because the songs worked originally as demos anyway, um, the songs are still engaging the kids. They can actually hear the words a lot better because there isn't. Absolutely. Uh, I yeah. mean, often, you know, one of the, the perils, I guess, of playing shows for children is that often you're playing on stages where they just don't care about the sound um and you know you're 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 hoping to deal with the the sound engineer as though you're putting on you know an adult gig and they're just you know they they don't care or there's too much bottom end and and i can see it in the crowd when they're not hearing the words because you can see the attention go whereas with the three of us and now we the recent tour we did we just took our own pa set it up ourselves the engagement was the best we've ever had because they were getting every word and we were staying with them and we knew the show and we kind of, uh, you know, we've had experience now. I'd had no experience as a children's entertainer before making the vegetable plot.
2: And now, most of the girls, on the bass, a root And throw your root down, clap your hands. On the guitar, a very funky carrot... Fuck you, Thank you.
0: this particular project, compared to your other things, because there was a, you know, when you're doing things for children, um, you instantly have a bit of a sense of innocence, and and I certainly don't mean that in a naive way, but there's a there's a sense of joy that comes mm, about of doing joy, these things yeah, for children. Did you find under those circumstances when you're in the studio, was it easier for you to just kind of go? hey, everyone, I've got this stuff, come and add your bits and let's see how we go, whereas perhaps some of your other work you might have a bit more, oh, no, no, I need this bit here and I need this bit there. Did you, the the actual recording process, did you feel a bit more collaborative, I guess, in this project, a bit more open to other people's ideas?
1: Well, it was definitely one of the things I, I wanted in a project was for it to be very collaborative and i been uh, i mean one of the other things that led up to the vegetable plot was that i was in a big musical theater type show called little egypt speakeasy which was the rhythm and blues music of the 1950s with burlesque dancing with a live band three or four singers with character names and i was the MC. and there was a bit of a story and dom who plays artichoke was like the club owner and so we had we had a show that had lots of different elements it had a story it had characters it had great music from the 50s uh, and it had the burlesque performers and I one of my original ideas for the vegetable plot was just to have that cast but doing a kid's show because I'd, I'd had an experience of going to the Adelaide Fringe and the Edinburgh Fringe and I saw that the performers that were doing the long runs that were there for the full three weeks, a lot of them had kids' shows. Yeah, sure. Because you got your show in the evening and then if you have a show during the day as well, well, then, you know, you, you're making twice the income potentially. And I thought, well, Lucian, whose, whose show it was, Little Egypt Speakeasy, he, he is starting to take it to the Fringe show, so what about if I just present him with this idea of uh, we'll also do a kid show? And I thought even the burlesque dancers could be, you know, I, I had this idea of a of uh, one of the S dancers having all these yellow balloons on her and a yellow kind of leotard underneath and she'd be sweet and she'd be yeah. popping the balloons. <laughs> and we did have a dancer in the original live show, Tina Turnip, who was uh, sort of a yeah, she does feature on the album. little bit of a chorus girl. Yeah, she gets a, she gets a mention. Um and uh, so, wait, how did I get on to talking about uh, burlesque dances? Uh,
0: <laughs> uh, it doesn't it all eventually end up there? Um, we're, talking we're talking about, about the collaborative yes, thing. So yes. what I
1: learned from collaborating with, with Lucian, who, who has been involved in a number of very successful shows that combine music with circus or storytelling or whatever, is just the way he collaborates, just by picking the right people, giving them a little idea of what he wants and letting them, do their own thing, letting them fill up this, this area of uncertainty with their own talent and making it making them feel like they're involved. So I I'd I kind of learned, okay, that, that's how a collaboration works. You don't tell everyone what you want. You understand what people can bring and you leave room for them to do their thing. And so uh, you know I'd, I'd worked with everyone on the record before yeah. in some capacity, so I, I knew what they were good at. I knew what I wasn't good at. I knew which guitar parts I could do and which I needed to get, you know, um, Purple Haze, Baz in to do. Um, so it was a sort of combination of the Little Egypt's band, my rock band, the X's. and uh, But but as I say, that was just how I heard it in my head. Like the whole, my my conception of the project, I had complete confidence in the idea, even though when I first presented it to Michael, he was very unsure about it. Like He was <laughs> really, he was like, what is this, you know? You can't wait. No, it's too scary for kids' music. Or it's too rude for kids' music. I'm like, trust me, man. We have okay. to. I've got all of this. I believe that it has been given to me for a reason. Yeah. And and I just believed. I was enthusiastic about the project, and people were happy to go along for the ride. And um, you know, I think also the other thing about collaboration is that if you have a bunch of people already on board, yeah, that helps people like, oh, I get to work with so and so, and oh, she's singing. Okay, you know. Um, And it wasn't a lot of commitment for for these people, you know, like the sessions, a couple of hours, we had, you know, Purple Haze brings his guitar, maybe two days. And, And what I thought was it'll actually be easier to record the album, give the album to all the musicians and say, these are your parts, learn that, rather than trying to come up with arrangements, 13 yeah. arrangements yeah. for a 12-piece band yeah. and rehearse them for a show. So I actually thought making the album first would save me money and time okay. in the long That's run because instead of me being in rehearsal and going, oh, can you play something more like this? Or what about if you played this? I was able to do that in the studio. We were able to make the arrangements and then say, listen to what you're doing there, yeah.
2: do Do that. <laughs> my name is tomato i sing with vibrato sometimes there's to- a couple
0: of, i mean you you've obviously spoken about how this stuff has sort of you know by uh, by some divine right has been handed to you but there's a couple of things about the the album i want to ask quite specifically um one of them is about avocado and about Spanish onion. Mm. Are you conscious of the idea that they're the only two vegetables you have on the entire album that are sung about by other characters? Mm. They're the only songs that those characters don't sing the song themselves.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting one. Avocado was the first song I wrote for the vegetable plot. It was originally a song called Mr. Banana. Mr. Banana, I, I can't remember how it went. Something like avocado, and then I thought it should be about a vegetable, and then I wrote avocado, which is also not a vegetable. It's quite <laughs> a lot of little like, kids ag- like to point out.
2: Not a vegetable.
1: And uh, yeah, I mean, um, yeah. I, as I say, I didn't, I didn't think about it that too much. But I, I will say about Spanish onion that um, the tomato song was originally, that was just a song I didn't finish. My Name is Tomato, I sing with vibrato, sometimes staccato, sometimes rubato. That was all I had. I'm like, well, this tomato song is not really going anywhere. I'll just put that to the side. And then I had another song about how, you know, some vegetables are dangerous. Capsicum can be used as a spray and asparagus, asparagus can be used as a spear. And there was some sort of hook like, don't you mess with the vegetable? And it, again, it wasn't going anywhere. And then I had Spanish Onion, the rest of the yep. song and and i put them together and it and, and and it worked and and then you know we took that one a step further into the animated video where um the animator brian brian young san went with the idea that, that tomato would be a vampire um which was, i hadn't thought but you know but it also just seems takes incredibly it, obvious when you yeah yeah, oh, you, yeah you, va- And, and it, it, it does make sense and i had sort of conceived him as a bit of a phantom of the opera mm-hmm. type. And I did, I wrote Michael McLean yeah, is, my, is he's my, say. He's pretty amazing. He, he's got a fabulous voice. And I knew I knew that, you know, we, we like a lot of the same music, but we also we we like kind of Les Miserables and well particularly Les Miserables. Uh, whereas you know Nick who plays Paul McCartney, you know, just hates that stuff. Yeah. But but I knew Michael liked it and I I maybe he told me or maybe I could have just guessed that he had once auditioned to play Javert in, uh, in a production of Les Miserables. And Javert is, you know, he's a bass voice and hadn't got the part. So I always felt that there was that, that yearning <laughs> <laughs> to, to sing in this operatic style. Um, and what I like um, about Spanish Onion, and this is really just sort of after the fact, it wasn't on my mind at, at all at the time, well, I, I found out while we were beginning the process of animating Spanish onion, Brian said to me, you know that Spanish onion is it's like a little yellow onion, right? I'm like, no, no, it's the, the purple onion is a Spanish onion. He's like, no, no, I Googled it. And I, I Googled it and he's right. You know, a Spanish onion oh. is like a little yellow onion. But the red onion, mm. which we all call Spanish onion, that's, that's yeah, it's a red onion. Um, but we call it Spanish onion. Why? So I like the idea that it's this legend. You know, the way legends are, it's like, well, it's not really true. And and also, look at the narrator. He's a vampire tomato. He's an unreliable narrator. Yeah.
2: He turns (laughs) into a bat at the end of the song.
1: So I just like this whole idea of playing with, like the myths of vegetables, like, oh, you know, because because this is one of the things I really wanted to fight against, the idea that vegetables are these harmless things. They're just benign, you know. Meat is, is tough and dangerous and it's got juice and it's gravy and it's full of blood and it you know, makes you strong, whatever. But vegetables, I, I wanted them to be, you know, rootsy and a, a bit sexy and a bit naughty and dangerous and, you know, have all these dimensions to be a whole universe yeah. where you have some... Not, not villains exactly. No, I know, man. But, um. There's much you know. more depth to each Yeah, there's character. a dark side and, and there's, um, this stuff you wouldn't expect. He's a man of many layers.
2: But if you catch him on a bad day, you'd better say your prayers. Spanish Onion.
0: The idea of giving them all, all the different characters. Did you have to actually? Did you find yourself doing any research prior to recording? <laughs> like, did you? Because one thing about having them all characters is there was no point again. Where I was like, going, actually, you're not really telling any children to eat vegetables, and you're also not really giving anything away about them. It was really just, here's a person, has to be a vegetable, and here's what they like to do, and this is what mm. they get up to. Um, did you have to do any fact checking?
1: Uh well artichoke has a lot of uh, yes. a lot of facts all of those beans mm. that's straight off wikipedia and i even i think say that he's a walking veggie you know he's yeah. he's an encyclopedia yeah. of veg related media so i mean that's all from from wikipedia but what was amazing to me was that um i mean i i guess i was i, I had the idea that artie was some sort of vegetable thesaurus you know he just he he just knew all about vegetables um I, I don't know where that idea came from but I, I went to wikipedia and just started looking at things maybe maybe actually artie the artichoke song came out of me doing a bit of research and not research like oh i want to be correct just looking for language yeah and the beans artie reels off these you know garbanzo gua, okra tawi, tepery lentil horse gram azuki i mean what amazing words yeah and and just looking at the list of or the, the conglomeration of bean names on Wikipedia, they seemed already to be arranged poetically. <laughs> it really didn't take much. I mean, I, I remember... This is so there's this, someone
0: this out there who's filled out that page. You see one <laughs> yeah, of your songs going, did a very finally, good job. finally, finally someone picked it up.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And this <laughs> this guy's an unsung genius. <laughs> um, I do remember... This is, this is really probably revealing more than I should, but um, I... I I grew up in England and I, I actually did uh, interview at, at, at Trinity College in Cambridge, which is where Isaac Newton yeah. and, and Tennyson went. You know, I, I wanted to kind of go there and I sure. didn't get in. But one thing I remember from my, my really dismal interview um, was the, the old master sitting by the fireside saying, "Lists." W.H. Uh, Auden once said, lists are the mark of a true poet. Discuss. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm not sure what I said. I said, oh, it must take a true poet to make something poetical out of a list. He was like, hmm. But but that idea did stick with me that, like, yeah, it's true. Whenever I see lists... and it's a list of, of words I've never heard before mm. and something about the arrangement of it means that each new one builds an excitement mm. and you're, you're getting to some kind of crescendo. I've written it into some speeches where I talk about medication names and there's a huge round of applause at the end yeah. because people are are thrilled by yeah. thing, uh, unusual names being grouped together. So I, I definitely wanted that to be part of the Artichoke song.
0: Well, I think also for children as well. I mean, I think we forget that because they're still learning language, we forget just how important it is to present it in in, in not silly in a disrespectful way, but it, it can be silly and, one, and, and a wonderment and just in, it can be insane, you know, and I think we've got to yeah. remember to give them the opportunity to actually really hear it in its strongest, in its most flamboyant, in its weakest, in its most defiant, you know. That's what language the is. The sound
1: of words mm. and, the, you know, the, the music of words. And um, I was listening to a, an interview recently with David Astle, who does the Friday cryptic crossword in The Herald, which, which me and Sir Paul McCartney always do on tour. And uh, he, he said it's important to show children that language can be subversive. And I thought that was a great word, you know, that not only do you have to learn this language for school, but you can also learn the language to subvert your education—you can use it to escape from what you're learning as well. Um, so I wanted Artichoke to be like this: this really lovable teacher who allows his class to goof off, but they all really love him. That—that that was my instruction. To—I um, guess it's—it's it's the exes' girls who are giving all the answers to him. Is he's a teacher? He tells some really bad dad jokes, but you all love him.
2: You have your runner bean, rice bean, fava bean, mung bean, moth bean, lima bean, green bean, and common bean. There's even something called a delicious bean, though it hasn't gained much notoriety. Your garbanzo, gua, okra, tepari, lentil, horse cram, drumstick, and azuki, black eyed pea, velvet bean, soybean, and wing bean. And if I've left anyone out, I'm sorry, but you just have no idea what kind of a week it's been.
1: And I, I should say as well that Dom, who is uh, artichoke. He became a dad, I think, a day before or a day after me. So we knew when I met him, it was uh, maybe six weeks before our children were born. So he's just a lovely dad as mm-hmm. well. And, and it's very much him. And the original Artie had a sort of American carny voice on my demo. And Artie said, oh, I hear him as this as good English accent. Mm. And, you know, he's absolutely right now. But.
0: Um the idea of squeezing two songs together I got the same sense from Grow Up and Squeeze.
2: Up. Yes, you can see splashing water fountains and go dashing over mountains. Life is full of fun. Definitely. Yeah.
1: I think there's a slash in the in the titles. Yes, you give them two. And I, I sort of realised they're pretty much the same song. And there was another, there was a third song that was pretty much that song, which was one of the few that was cut from the album where the band is introducing themselves as the root vegetables. And it just, yeah, it kind of made sense to me to have this um, kind of show stopping tune where all the fireworks would go off. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a
0: beautiful um, song. Thank you. I had to actually re listen to it because I found myself just lost in the end of it, then kind of went, hang on, that's just how did we go from squeezing vegetables to now this is (laughs) all about growing up strong? And I had to re listen to it. But again, you know, it obviously stands out as two separate songs, more or less pasted together. But. For very obvious reason. I get the sense that you took this on as a project, or you kind of went, Oh, this thing's come to me, I'm going to celebrate it and follow it. There seems like to be quite extensive touring now happening. It seems like the demand for it's getting a bit bigger, and more people are coming on board and starting to. Is it is it taking on a life, or is it becoming? Uh, I, I don't want to use successful, but it is. Is it is it becoming more successful than potentially you had visions of it when you started, or did you not really have a plan?
1: Oh, I definitely had some. You always have some crazy visions when you start something off, and I I I was loving the songs and the songwriting you know there's that moment when you're doing a project where you're the only person on earth that is hearing this these songs they all just exist in your head and in your head you know anything can happen so I started thinking oh well, maybe this could be in schools and I, I started to sort of dream and it's very dangerous that I always try to rein myself in because sometimes you get so satisfied in the dream you've had that you forget to do the work <laughs> <laughs> and that's the one thing I think has changed in my creative life in my thirties is that I, I finish projects now oh. and I knew, okay, just just cool it yeah. on that, all right. But I did I did have a sense of how it could grow and, and all you know, all the many directions. And it is starting to to do that now. I'm I'm starting to make partnerships with people who are growing food and who are you know, with dietitians who who are seeing kids. And I, I, I felt that on its own, it isn't complete. Um, that it's it's this positive energy that can be put into. Because I felt like the this sort of gentle revolution is already happening. You know, we we grew up in the eighties. There was just so much terrible food that was marketed at children, um, and it was it came out of nowhere. You know, back in the sixties, fifties, everyone was growing food. Everyone knew about vegetables, whether you like them or not. Um, and the food culture just changed so. Drastically, and of course, I can't help but associate that with with Crohn's disease, and and it has obviously been linked to the extraordinary rise in prevalence of Crohn's disease in Western countries. That the way that our diet changed, um, and so now uh, you know, I feel that that there's so many parents and schools, dietitians, educators that that wanted that want us to think more about diet and and think about the importance of diet and of eating fresh things and not just eating processed convenient things but really being involved in food and making it an important part of your your life and your your family's culture so I felt that that that's already happening and the vegetable plot can just put put energy into that one of the things that inspired me before the again leading up to the project was seeing this documentary uh, it was called a it's about the the revolution in South Africa, I guess, that brought down apartheid, um, and the, revo- the the documentary was focused particularly on the songwriters who worked within the vanguard of the revolution. They were on the front line, and the 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 crowd would uh, they would go in the street. They would protest. Some of them would be beaten. Some of them would be killed. And it was the job of the songwriters to make sure that everyone didn 't get depressed about that that the, you turned these people into heroes overnight through the songs you inspired people through the music and and they interviewed some of the the old Africana police who were part of part of the machinery this this brutal machinery of apartheid, and they remember the songs, these songs of absolute joy, and how terrified they felt when they heard those songs because they knew that they were wrong, I think. If people are singing songs of joy and you're turning the hoses on them and, and beating them, you know you're wrong, and in the end, like you'll you're, you're collapse under under that knowledge and so I just thought I, I what I got from that is that revolutions need a soundtrack, and that music is an incredibly strong positive energy, and the revolution is already happening, and I just want to be part of that soundtrack
0: well, it's a pretty good soundtrack. <laughs> To be thank totally you. fair, Luke, um, it's impossible to thank you enough for both today and, and the album. I, it is a genuine, I've listened to a lot of kids' music. I'm kind of just going to, between you and I, I've listened to a lot of it. And this is a genuine triumph. And um, on behalf of um, all the kids, we thank you for what you've given us.
1: Thank you so much.
0: And if you'd like to know more about The Vegetable Plot, then visit their website at www.thevegetableplot.com.au. And, of course, for more Parent Time goodness, visit www.bennytime.com. Thanks for listening to me, Benny, Ask People Questions.